This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. Today, we've got drama overseas as Nancy Pelosi defies China's warnings in her visit to Taiwan. Then, close to home, the DOJ sues Idaho over law imposing a near-total ban on abortion. This and more on this news brief. But first, do you have a podcast or are thinking about starting one? Does your church have a podcast feed for sermons? Then dropwave.io is for you. Cancel culture is like walking on thin a thin glass bridge over the Grand Canyon. Every step you take could get you killed. I mean, canceled. Same thing. And since the beginning of Cross Politic has been working on being anti-fragile. So no matter what happens, our content can still be delivered to your TV and to your podcast. This year, the Waterboy and his friend Jeremy have been working on building a podcast hosting solution for rowdy platforms like CrossPolitik so that you can be confident your podcast will never fall through that glass bridge. Dropwave offers seamless onboarding for shows that have been around for years and easy-to-use solutions for starting your own podcast. Dropwave will track all of your show's downloads by city, state, and country, and it offers network and enterprise packages for solutions like the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Free to speak, free to podcast, free to start your journey now at www.dropwave.io. All right, back to China. They're not happy with Nancy Pelosi. Who is, though? China, furious after Pelosi lands in Taiwan, promises all necessary measures to defend itself. The People's Republic of China released a lengthy statement Tuesday condemning the arrival of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to the island of Taiwan. China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs published the statement in which the Chinese government accuses Pelosi of undermining U.S.-China relations and encouraging the separatist forces for Taiwan independence. Pelosi landed in Taiwan late Tuesday night local time, making her the highest-ranking U.S. official to visit the island since Newt Gingrich in 1997. Here's part of China's response. This is a serious violation of the One China Principle and the provisions of the three China-U.S. joint communiques. It has a severe impact on the political foundation of China-U.S. relations and seriously infringes upon China's sovereignty and territorial integrity, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs wrote. There is but one China in the world. Taiwan is an inalienable part of China's territory, and the government of the People's Republic of China is the sole legal government representing the whole of China. The People's Republic of China has long claimed sovereignty over Taiwan and the Taiwan Strait, a relatively narrow strip of ocean between the island of Taiwan and the Chinese mainland. The Chinese military has frequently sent planes into the area testing Taiwan's air defense zone. The USS Ronald Reagan and a strike group are currently positioned near Taiwan after they left a port in Singapore on Tuesday. A Navy spokesperson confirmed the news but said it was a planned trip. Pelosi is traveling with a House delegation that includes Democratic reps Gregory Meeks of New York, Mark Takano of California, Susan Delbaney of Washington, and more uh, along with her. Now, here's more from Fox News on this developing situation. Right now, as I showed you, Speaker Pelosi is in the capital city of Taipei. She is the highest-ranking elected U.S. official to visit Taiwan in more than a quarter century. And a furious China is ratcheting up the threats against the U.S. It has just released that statement. Let's get into more of it. The United States, for its part, has been attempting to use Taiwan to contain China. 
it constantly distorts, obscures, and hollows out the one China principle, steps up its official exchanges with Taiwan, and emboldens Taiwan independence, separatist activities. These moves, like playing with fire, are extremely dangerous. Those who play with fire will perish by it. That's a quote. The Chinese state media now reporting the military will hold live fire exercises around Taiwan between August 4th, so Thursday of this week, and August 7th. That is just after Pelosi will have land, left Taiwan. But there are now also reports that a series of military operations could start tonight. Chinese warplanes at the ready reported flying very close to Taiwan already, the Taiwan Strait. Earlier today in a provocative move, we saw them. We also have some new chilling footage of Chinese amphibious tanks on the beaches opposite Taiwan. And Taiwan launched military drills to prepare their people for the worst. And four U.S. warships, including the aircraft carrier, the USS Ronald Reagan, are positioned in waters east of Taiwan. The world awaits <clears throat> and watches. The world awaits. Yep, it's going to be interesting to see what our Lord has in store through this situation developing in Taiwan. Let's shift our eyes back to the U.S. as Idaho is in the news. DOJ sues Idaho over law imposing near-total ban on abortion. The Justice Department filed a lawsuit against Idaho over the state's law banning abortion after six weeks, Attorney General Merrick Garland announced Tuesday. The legal filing, the first time President Joe Biden's Justice Department launched a challenge against the states for abortion restrictions since the landmark June 24th Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization decision overturned a half-century of abortion access precedent, which the president decried as a realization of an extreme ideology and a tragic error by the Supreme Court. The suit filed in the U.S. District Court for the District of Idaho contends that the Federal Emergency Medical Treatment and Labor Act preempts the state law. The federal law requires physicians to perform medically stabilizing abortions in an emergency. Garland explained that there are circumstances in which abortion is necessary if a patient is undergoing an unstable condition during pregnancy. Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta, who leads the Reproductive Rights Task Force, said the DOJ is seeking a declaratory judgment that Idaho's law violates the supremacy clause of the United States Constitution and is preempted by federal law where it conflicts with EMTALA, E-M-T-A-L-A. The federal agency lawsuit noted that the state has passed a near-absolute ban on abortion, which, after taking effect on August 25th, will make it a criminal offense to perform an abortion in all but extremely narrow circumstances. Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra also released a statement following the DOJ's announcement, saying the department will continue to partner with the DOJ to enforce federal laws protecting health care, including abortions, murder, Meanwhile, the Idaho Supreme Court is slated to hear arguments Wednesday on challenges over its near-total abortion ban. According to the Idaho Press, attorneys for Idaho will seek to protect three separate restrictive abortion laws passed by the state. Ladies and gentlemen, please keep the state of Idaho in your prayers as a legal battle takes center stage. We wish to see this abomination of abortion brought down in Idaho, and this would be a huge step. Elsewhere in the U.S., California and Illinois declare states of emergency over monkeypox outbreak. This is from CNN. The governors of California and Illinois declared states of emergency to bolster their monkeypox vaccination efforts as the virus spreads nationwide. 
Monday's declarations come as more than 5,800 probable or confirmed cases of monkeypox have been reported in the U.S. California had more than 800 cases Tuesday, while Illinois had more than 500, according to data from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention because we can obviously trust those numbers. While the World Health Organization has declared the monkeypox outbreak a public health emergency of international concern, the Biden administration has not issued a nationwide public health emergency declaration. California is the third and largest state to issue a statewide declaration related to the disease. New York was the first to do so. California's move allows emergency medical services personnel throughout the state to administer FDA-approved monkeypox vaccines, expanding the pool of people able to inoculate residents against the virus, even as a vaccine shortage persists. Illinois' declaration also will make more resources available to combat the virus, Governor J.B. Pritzker said. The Chicago and state public health departments announced Illinois' first preemptive case June 2nd. Monkeypox is a pox virus related to the smallpox that usually causes pimple or blister-like lesions as well as flu-like symptoms such as fever, headaches, muscle aches, chills, and respiratory symptoms, according to the CDC. And guys, great news. I found out a great way to avoid monkeypox. Here it is. Don't be gay. (laughs) Be heterosexual, fight a godly man or a woman to marry, and you're home free. Yes, I realize it's probably not that simple and a bit of a generalization. But anyways, California has received more than 61,000 vaccine doses so far and distributed more than 25,000, according to the governor's news release. Los Angeles County has received its own vaccine allocation, and state officials said California will make additional allocations in the coming weeks. Last week, Sodom, oh wait, I mean San Francisco, became the first major U.S. city to declare a local health emergency on monkeypox. Now, hidden towards the bottom of CNN's article is the following paragraph. It reads, A large number of cases in this outbreak have been in men who have sex with men, including gay and bisexual men, and public health officials are focusing their prevention efforts on this group. The virus is not unique to this community. (laughs) Sure, but the nature of this close contact spread has led to a disproportionate impact. Yeah, yeah, sure. Following the emergency declaration in California, Equity Equality California, a major LGBT rights nonprofit organization, applauded the governor's move, noting in a statement that the virus continues to disproportionately affect gay, bisexual, and queer men in California and across the country. Hey, speaking of gays... Or identity politics? Are you being discriminated against at your work because you hold to the Bible and Christian values? Well, then you need to talk to my friends at redballoon.work. Not so long ago, the American dream was alive and well. Employees who worked hard were rewarded, and employers looked for people who could do the job, not for people who had the right political views. Redballoon.work is a job site designed to get us back to what made American businesses successful. Free speech, hard work, and having fun. If you're a free speech employer who wants to hire employees who focus on their work and not identity politics, then post a job on Red Maloon. If you're an employee who is being censored at work or is being forced to comply with the current zeitgeist and it changes daily, post your resume on Red Balloon and look for a new job. Redballoon.work, the job site where free speech is still alive. www.redballoon.work. All right, enough of that happy stuff from our friends at Red Balloon. Let's get back to our corrupt society. Orwellian hellscape. That is what a top economist used to describe Facebook, the fact-check recession claim to cover for the White House. 
A top economist slammed Facebook's Orwellian fact-checking system after he was given a partly false rating for stating the U.S. entered a recession. Dr. Philip Magnus, the research and education director of the American Institute for Economic Research, shared a screenshot of a recent post from July 24th that Facebook fact-checked. Quote, independent fact-checkers reviewed the photo and said it was partly false, the fact-check read. Facebook added a notice to the post. And I'm sure you guys have seen that on your own individual posts even. Magnus called the fact-check Orwellian. We live in an Orwellian hellscape, Magnus posted. Facebook is now fact-checking anyone who questions the White House Uh, the White House's word games about the definition of a recession. Magnus furthered his assertion in a recent Wall Street Journal op-ed that the U.S. is, in fact, in a recession, that the Biden administration is trying to cover it up by playing word games. Newly released data shows the real GDP decreased at an annual rate of 0.9% in the second quarter of 2022, marking the second consecutive quarter of negative GDP growth. While the National Bureau of Economic Research, or the NBER, uses several factors to determine whether the U.S. is in a recession, economist Julius Shiskin wrote in 1974 that two consecutive quarters of declining GDP is a good rule of thumb to define a recession, with that definition becoming somewhat of a standard. The White House has gone out of its way, however, to deny that the economy is in a recession, with President Joe Biden declaring Thursday that the state of the economy doesn't sound like a recession. The White House also posted a blog that said the NBER indicated there's a strong growth in the U.S. economy and therefore the current state of things does not indicate a recession. Things have become so confusing that Wikipedia had to place a pause on editing the term recession after the definition was altered 41 times within roughly one week. Users repeatedly deleted the technical definition that described a recession as having two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. So... That's just cheery stuff there. But hey, you guys know me. I love to end my segments with my favorite topic, sports. Well, I'm not going to talk about sports today. I'm going to talk about NASCAR. Oh, zinger, zinger. Now I know some of you NASCAR fans out there, if we have any in our community, uh, will say that your body goes through a lot of stress in NASCAR. I get it. I'm aware. Let's just get into the story. Ty Dillon, after getting run over by Carl Larson, and when I first read the headline, I thought he legitimately got ran over. No, it was just a bad wreck. Says this, Luckily, the good Lord was keeping an eye out for me and keeping me safe. Ty Dillon thanked God for keeping him safe after Kyle Larson slammed into, during, slammed into him during the events of the NASCAR Cup Series race at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Larson smashed into Dillon going around 100 and 70 miles an hour, coming into the sharp right-hand turn one. As Larson attempted to make the corner with Dillon on his outside, he launched over the curb into Dillon's door. Some sort of mechanical issue on the five car for him. Look at that. He is flying when he comes in there. So I heard him say, I have a pedal, which looking back now, maybe he didn't have brakes, and now he does have brakes. That's, That's the one thing that seems to make sense. And to your point, that is why he went over to talk to Ty Dillon, I'd say we're I'd say we're lucky that wasn't worse than it Man. was. I mean, that was huge. I agree, Jeff. That's a big impact. We oh, oh my goodness! Gosh. I mean, the speeds that they're getting going into turn one, and if Kyle Larson didn't have brakes or the brakes weren't working, we're talking he could have been going 150, 160 miles an hour there at contact. 
what a what a scary situation for Kyle Larson. Ty Dillon didn't know it was coming, but but Larson did. Larson's driving in the corner. Well, thank God both drivers were okay. As I've said before, you can find all the articles and sources for our news briefs in the show notes, and you'll be able to see that crash for yourselves, and it could have been a lot worse. This has been your CrossPolitik Daily News Brief. If you like the show, hit that share button for me, would you? If you want to sign up for a club membership, sign up for a conference, or become a magazine subscriber, you can do all of that at fightlapfeast.com. And if you want to reach out to me about corporate partnerships, our conference, or just a news story that you want me to cover, email me at garrison at fightlapfeast.com. Across politic news, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless.